0: welcome to the unstoppable ceo podcast i'm your host steve gordon and in this special episode this is episode three of the three-part mini-series that we've been doing on the three breakthroughs to a business that grows itself and in this episode we're going to talk about the freedom breakthrough and this is the last of the three breakthroughs but i think it's the most significant and it comes a little bit later in the evolution of your business it comes after you've gone through the demand breakthrough after you've created enough demand so that you've got all the prospects that you can handle. And it happens after you've gone through the market leader breakthrough, where you've created the conditions that will support premium pricing for yourself and increase your profits. As you continue to grow, you're going to get stretched to a point as the business leader, as the entrepreneur in a professional firm, that it's going to to begin growing beyond what you can keep up with in terms of business development to to really get to true freedom you've got to make it through this this next key milestone honestly this is this is the fun one because this is where you get to experience the real promise of entrepreneurship which is getting to a point where you've got a business that's creating cash without you having to be there all the time to create the cash and in professional services that is particularly difficult because most of the time in professional services you're the one you're the expert delivering the service you're trading hours for dollars even if you don't bill by the hour you're still trading hours for dollars most of the time so to begin to scale that up a couple of ways to do it certainly you're going to bring in Uh, you know, staff underneath you to help fulfill the work. But the hardest role to replace is the business development role, probably in this type of business more than any other, because people really think they want to see your face or you believe that they have to see your face to be able to come and do business with the firm. But that's really not true. And so What we're going to talk about in this episode is we're going to talk about the steps that you need to take to begin to remove yourself from some of the business development activities so that you can begin to get that freedom so that the business can actually create cash while you're not there. You can bring in clients without you being present. When you get there, it's powerful. And so let's break it down today and how to do that. So the the thing you've got to understand is that in most firms the 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 sole owner if it's a sole owner or the managing partner is typically charged with kind of being the rainmaker and going out and doing the bulk of the business development that's great but oftentimes that person can can turn into a little bit of a lone ranger you know if something happens to that person it puts the business at risk so making this transition is, is a smart and and wise thing to do as you grow the business. You want to move from that lone ranger situation to having a growth team in place where you, as the firm owner, are the growth team leader. Really gets you back to what you should be doing as the CEO to begin with. You know, your job as the CEO really has just four parts. And for the most part, we shove these four activities far off to the side because we're so focused on getting the work and doing the work. And we take, we rarely take time to do these other four activities, which are really the core functions of the leader of the business. And, you know, you can't do them at the beginning often because you don't have the cash flow to do it. You can't support it. But as you begin to get the cash flow and as you get profitability up, you can begin to support having people there, having a a small and growing team that can help you with the growth part of the business, not just with the fulfillment, but with the growth part of the business. That allows you to focus on the four things you should be focused on, which are vision, looking out ahead, figuring out where the firm is going, and articulating that both to your team and to your clients it's really critical that you're doing that most of the time firm leaders aren't doing nearly enough of that the second key role you've got is message so if you've been following along as we've gone through these these uh for the first two episodes in this series you know we've talked about message we've talked about uniqueness we've talked about your worldview and creating market leader positioning That is all around your message. And you've got to be really crisp with the message that that you're taking out to the marketplace. And you've got to spend time on it. And you've got to repeat it again and again and again and again. So you want to have time built in to be able to focus on that. And ultimately, to do that as the firm grows, you've got to bring a team in to help you with it. The third key role you've got to fulfill is relationships. Relationships. Because you are the rainmaker. You've got to go build those strategic relationships. And you've got to constantly be elevating the level of relationship that you're developing within the market. Finally, the fourth role that you have is decision-making. I have seen firms grind to a halt because the CEO was distracted or slow with decision-making. The speed of the decisions is the speed of the firm. And you control that as the leader. You've got to make fast decisions. You've got to make informed decisions. You've got to have the time available to you so that you can think through decisions. And so that's the goal of this freedom breakthrough is to get you to the point where you're free to focus primarily on those things. And you're beginning to bring in a team underneath you to support the growth activities that you were having to do at earlier stages in the business. Ideally, you begin to take all of those growth activities and delegate them, but it's really important the order in which you do it. So we're going to talk about, uh, in a minute, we're going to talk about the order in which that, you know, you delegate those things because I've seen it done in the wrong order and it's a disaster. But if you do it in the right order, it actually can be really brilliant and can really support what you want to do. I also want to talk a little bit about how to build the team. You know, there are really two components to that. It's who are you going to hire and what are they going to do? So let's break those down a little bit. Like who are you going to hire? That really, you know, you've got to deal with that in relation to what are, what they're going to do. and um, And there's an order in which you ought to do that. So the two primary functions of your growth team ultimately are going to be marketing and sales. Now, the temptation that I hear from most business owners is they want to bring on salespeople first, mostly because oftentimes business owners, believe it or not, don't really like selling that much. It takes time. Um, Sometimes, especially if you're in professional services, that might not be the thing that you're naturally gifted at. You might be naturally gifted at actually delivering on the work because you're an expert. And so the temptation is to bring in salespeople first. And I'm here to tell you that can be a tremendous disaster for you and the reason is very simple it's one of the most difficult roles to fill anywhere and if you don't have your systems in place if you're you don't really have a finely tuned sales process then you're gonna have a hard time bringing anybody into that it's also gonna be really expensive to bring them in there because they're gonna take some time to get up to speed. And, um, and it, it may be difficult for them to close. Now, the other reason that it doesn't always work so well in professional services is oftentimes the prospects want to see the professional that they're going to be working with. And so you may have managers or junior partners who are out there beginning to develop business. And they're really the ones that need to be having those conversations with potential clients because they can bring to bear all of their expertise the part that they don't do well is generating the leads to begin with. And if you're at this stage of the business, you've already done a pretty good job of that yourself because you've already surpassed the demand breakthrough. So the the first easiest thing that you can get off of your plate is actually the marketing. That's where you want to begin building your growth team. And as you do that, you really want to be looking at um, at at building it around the marketing tasks that are, to begin with, somewhat administrative. You know, the sending out of your platform, the writing of content. You can even take it so far as if you're doing interviews, you can have someone interview, uh, interview people um, who are in your network. And another member of the firm do that. There are a lot of ways that you can pull someone into marketing where it would be almost impossible to get them to get the same effectiveness and, and do it at a reasonable cost in sales. So start with the marketing and start documenting the things that you're doing that take time that could easily be put off onto another member of the team. And that's the best way to begin building your growth team. You want to be thinking about how am I creating content that shares our message and our worldview? and take care of that, because that's really time consuming. And then how can I be maximizing the distribution of that content? And then from there, how can I take part of the relationship building role that I have and put that to someone who can at least handle some of the administrative part of the relationship building and maybe handle some of the lower level relationship building leaving the strategic relationships to you. So you want to begin thinking about dispersing activities in in that order. Now, once you've done that and you've got a a team in place, even if it's just one person and you've offloaded some things and you're delegating and, and you're beginning to get some freedom and you're beginning to get growth when you're not there, you've got to have a way to keep track of it and one of the things that we work with our clients on is developing a what we call a growth dashboard and your growth dashboard really needs to to track no more than about five or six things the first most important thing it needs to track is leads lead flow how many leads do you having have coming in for a given period of time and what are the cost of those leads so you want to look at those two things first and you can almost manage the entire marketing process off of those two statistics how many leads do i have and what's my cost per lead and assuming all of your other systems are working then those will really tell you what the future of the business is going to look like what we like to do is we like to actually model those using what we call trailing 12-month charts so that you see a a trend line that removes any seasonality and will show you over over a 12-month period, am I up, am I down? And by doing that, it allows you to have an early warning system for when growth is not happening, for when you need to jump in and augment what your growth team is doing, because inevitably that's going to happen, especially as you go through a transition and they're getting up to speed and you're trying to to train them. You're going to have blips where growth goes flat maybe or goes down a little bit and you wanna be able to step in right away as that's happening and correct it. Without having that growth dashboard, you're not gonna be able to do it. Now, you're probably gonna want a few other metrics on there. In, for most firms, the sales process consists of just a handful of really key steps. You know, Maybe it's that somebody came to your seminar or your webinar. Maybe it's that you know someone was referred But whatever those key steps are, you can write those out and begin tracking those three or four or five, and probably no more than that, key conversion points in your sales process, where you know if someone gets to that stage, the likelihood of them moving on to the next stage is pretty high. And you want to track those things on your growth dashboard. By having all of that, it allows you to get real freedom and have comfort in that. You're not away from the office worrying all the time. You're not focused on the other four activities, the vision and and the message and the relationship and the decisions, you know, and worried in the back of your mind, what's going on with my marketing because you've got a snapshot of the critical things at all times. When you get there, you, you have this now ability to get free of the business. The business can grow while you're not there. You've got clients coming in leads coming in. Once you've got the marketing delegated, you can circle back around and begin empowering people on the team to have sales conversations and know that they're always going to be talking with well-qualified leads instead of having to go out and do their own prospecting, which I can almost guarantee you they're not likely to do very well. And so if you build your growth team in that order with those things in mind and with the idea that it's The whole purpose is to free you up to focus on the four core roles that you have as the leader. You're going to get yourself in a position where your business really is going to be able to grow by itself based on system strength. That's a really, really key accomplishment. It's what we all want to be working for in our businesses. And so um, as we wrap up this three-part mini series, again, I hope it's given you some things to think about. And I want you to be honest about where you are in the process. If you're still at a stage where you feel like, you know, I'm I'm not seeing enough people to hit my goals. If you're at that stage, focus on the demand breakthrough and get through that first. Don't worry about any of the rest of it. Get through that milestone first, because until you get through that one, it's going to be really hard to execute on the other two. If you're at a stage where you've got all the leads you can handle, And you're butting up against price competition and you feel like you should be raising your fees, but you're a little bit concerned about doing it, then focus on creating the market leader breakthrough for yourself in your business. Get through that stage, get your pricing up, get your profitability up, because that's going to enable you to then tackle the third stage to really tackle the freedom breakthrough. You need to be very profitable to do that because you're going to begin incurring some higher costs. You're going to begin to move some of this work from you as the firm leader onto other people. And if you've not gotten to a point where you've got high profitability, where you're able to charge premium fees because people recognize you as the market leader, it's going to be really hard to do that. So take them in order and take them down. And get to the place where you've got the freedom breakthrough. And uh, and as you get through each stage, I want you to send me an email. Let me know, hey, I made it through the, the demand breakthrough, you know, or send me an email if you're if you're there trying to figure out how to get through it. Let me know, we can help. So I hope this has given you a new perspective on how to approach the growth of your firm, and uh, and I look forward to hearing from you as you make it through each of those different milestones. Talk soon.